Hello, everyone. Welcome to the penultimate episode of Neon Genesis Evangelio, our watch slash rewatch of Neon Genesis Evangelion. I'm your host, Jell, and with me I have my co-hosts, Iro and G. Hello, hello. Yep, hi. And uh, these are exciting times because uh, with this episode we have finished the TV series. Uh, with episodes 24 through 26. And I'm sure we might we probably won't have a lot to say about 25 and 26 content-wise, but I'm sure we'll have a lot to say about them in general. Uh, and That's a good way to put it. Yes, uh, that will be interesting. We'll loop back on some of our previous discussions. Uh, I think that now would be an appropriate time for, but we'll get to that later. Um, but before we get to that... We have to talk about episode 24, which is kind of the last quote-unquote normal episode, the I guess. Last, like, real episode? Yeah. Yes, uh, of, the, of the series. Uh, so episode 24 is the beginning of the end, or knocking on heaven's door. And, you know, we kick things off with a little checkup on Asuka's current state, and she's not doing well mm. at all. No, she, uh... <laughs> it's, uh, it's a real, uh, it's a real fall from grace here in episode 24, I feel like. Yeah, they give us a couple little fl- snippets of flashback with her as a child again, and they kind of give a more extended, detailed version of when her mother died, um, apparently it was, you know, Oscar just found out she's going to be a pilot and she was so excited only to find her mother, uh, hung herself, which so, I, I have a question about this scene actually, because yes. I don't know if we mentioned it in the prior podcast, but wasn't the implication, I think of one of the prior episodes uh, with Oscar's backstory that, Asuka was almost the victim of a murder-suicide attempt from her mother. At least, at least I feel like that was kind of what was hinted at. I don't at. think those were related. So the thing is that uh, after some sort of incident, uh, uh, Asuka's mother like lost part of her mind. Yes, yes, I, and I'm familiar with th- that part. Thought the doll was like tr- treated her doll like it was actually Asuka, and yes. treated the real Asuka like she was a no some stranger and then uh murder suicide with the doll that she assumed was Asuka. I see. okay yes yes okay that makes all right all right that tracks that tracks okay yeah that that makes sense i i just for some reason in my brain i thought of them as separate incidents but um right so basically the implication being that her intent was to uh, yes to yeah take asuka with her so we kind of walk through from that to another snippet of her kind of being in denial about Kaji's death, I guess. Um, they don't really show a whole lot of it, just kind of imply. Yeah. I mean, that, how how would any of the other people know, I guess, realistically, other, other than Misato? And I assume the news is disseminated by this point. I guess that's, that's true. I, I guess I feel like... I feel like nerve standard operating procedure has been keep the children in the dark as much as possible. So, <laughs> well, I mean, Shinji might have been might have been able to figure it out from Masato, uh, 
right. Her, uh, yeah, because he, he did see her. He heard the message there. and yes, saw her reaction. Yes, you're, right, so. you're right. You're right. I had forgotten about that. Yeah. Why? As and that maybe Shinji again. They they don't. I and I kind of like they don't. They kind of just let you fill in the blanks on this. They just give you the little snippet of it. Yeah. Totally. You know, maybe but, Shinji I mean, felt obligated to tell her or something. But well. Feels like less obligated, more like he kind of says it in the heat of the moment in 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 a yet another fight between uh yeah uh, Asuka and Shinji here. So, uh, nevertheless, this kind of all leads to us finding Asuka in her present state. Uh, yeah. yeah, just kind of like almost comatose in like a bathtub in some like destroyed apartment. Yeah. Um, I guess a lot of people's reads on this is she may have also tried to kill herself at this point. I don't know if that's accurate. My understanding is like cultural, cultural tropes of the folded clothes next to her is supposed to indicate that. Like, I'm not 100% sure. This is what I've heard. Yeah, I, I guess, yes. I mean, I think that the vibe you definitely... I mean, I, whether she was going to intentionally try to kill herself or not, I think the definite, definite intention of that scene is to communicate, like, Asuka has completely lost the will to live. Like, she's she is in up. this bathtub, and she is ready to die. Like, she's given up. You know, right. you know right. whether, whether she is actively trying to kill herself or just, like, doing so via exposure. Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, like... I feel usually the 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 visual shorthand for bathtub suicide is the slit wrists, but we don't really get any indication of that. So yeah, either way, she's basically given up um, after uh, you know losing her her ability to pilot the Evangelion. Uh, we do kind of end with Nerve Secret Service finding her and bringing her in again. So right. she's still... like they did with Shinji that one time. Yes. <laughs> So uh, at least they're uh, uh, at least they're good at their jobs, I guess. So they may still have they use for her yet, but uh, track down a fourteen-year-old child. Yeah. So we can, we go from that. There's a brief bit with Shinji trying to piece together some kind of connection between uh, you know Ray and his mother. I don't know if he really comes to any conclusion here, but you know he's realized that something's there. I think he's getting, getting, <laughs> I think he's getting close. On. Yeah, like. I think uh, had he been given another couple of episodes to like think this through instead of what the next couple of episodes actually are, I think he would have. Uh, <laughs> I think he would have figured something out. Yeah. So, in case we as the audience hadn't figured out there was something going on there, well, there you go. Yeah. But uh, but, uh, that's kind of a real brief thing that kind of leads into uh, we we catch up with Ritsko, who's now in custody after destroying the dummy plug system and killing all the rays. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this scene was maybe the biggest reminder to me that I guess of all the things that may not have aged well in Evangelion, it's kind of how the, mm. I feel like the, the, you know, the women are entirely defined by their relationship to the men and it's yeah, usually not yeah. a very flattering. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think of the, of the two like older female characters, I think Misato gets out of this a little bit better, but I think Ritsuko, unfortunately, like really kind of gets the short end of the stick. Yeah. She's the worst. She's here. the worst case of it. Like, but yeah, like, you know, like, I'm not saying like, Oh, you know, she's a strong independent woman, blah, 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 blah. But it's more like, She's initially portrayed as like the de facto number two of Nerve, right? Like when 
when Gendo's out and Misato is unfit for, or, you know, there was that episode a while back where the implication is that actually Ritsuko can relieve Misato of command anytime she wants. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's this understanding that, oh, she actually wields like an enormous amount of authority. And so to kind of like reduce her character, like, oh, she's actually like the stilted, like aging shrew who is like actually just deeply like, just like her mother. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Like just like you know, like mother, like daughter, and like the whole like, oh, she's just the older woman who's like insecure about you know the new younger hotness that the man that's the source of her affections is is eyeing, and it's like it's 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 really a shame. I I will say I think Ritsuko does get one pretty good line in here where like I think Gendo is like is it Gendo? Actually, this might have been the last episode. I'm sorry. Uh, where. Gendo is like was like you you've committed murder and Ritsuko is like I've destroyed property, like in in reference to the uh, oh yeah to was, the rape was, was that in the scene it would have had to have been right that might have been it's either this one or when she was talking with Misato I honestly forget which but that's a pretty good line just, though. I was I was thinking about that line uh, over the last week or so I was like that's a that's a pretty good like well, again, like like that's a pretty good jab but yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. it, it is like because I mean it is all the like even the Ray and Asuka, you know Asuka has Kaji and and Ray Ray too anyway is, is defined by Gendo right but um, mm-hmm. the Ritsuko Ritsuko feels like the worst kind of case of it because she is like G said you know, not only have authority she's also like arguably the smartest person and maybe even the most important person on the planet because you don't have an operational evangelians without her right so right, right. <laughs> so to reduce her to like oh the stilted woman yes is it, it is unfortunate and i mean look here's the thing if i'm gonna be charitable which maybe eve ava doesn't you know necessarily deserve there can always be the read that like what evangelion is really trying to say is that like no matter intentions or 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 skill set or talent, like humans will always like fall victim to like their most like basis like instincts and desires. Like that is certainly like a, a read you can do in science fiction. There's a lot of great sci-fi out there that have done the like, oh, these like you know great scientists and soldiers and philosophers and artists, etc., blah blah blah, get brought down by the you know like they cannot escape human weakness. Right. I think the problem then though, is that that read feels like it's only ever applied to the female characters in this show. Right. Like, like yeah. at, at most you could say Shinji is no, cause Shinji is not portrayed as like necessarily like talented. Like, and even Gendo is like, he doesn't like, y- you can't even say that because like Gendo's flaws are, are, are like intrinsically like defined in a different or portrayed and defined in a different way than like Ritsuko or Misato or Asuka's flaws. And I think that, you know, it is uh it is a shame because I think the show has done some very good character work with these characters. I think, but I think that also as we kind of get towards the end here, a kind of re- like, like kind of a, a, an overarching, like, theme i have in my take on ava here is that like is that evangelion and gainax and anna or whatever are beginning to like just like start writing checks that they cannot cash like they just do not have the like they don't actually have the time or the budget or the nuance to like pull off some of the like very uh bold like character tropes they're playing with yeah i think that's a that's an interesting question um, if we're talking like beyond the obvious, you know, physical production of it, 
but we'll I think we'll get more into that later. Um, but yeah, so we have. Is this? I mean, this is pretty much Ritsuko's last significant scene, right? Yeah, this is and the then, last we see of her in the real world, so to speak. Right. So, uh, you know, we 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 cut away from that to a bit of a montage with Shinji, kind of realizing he's alone again. Uh, everyone's pretty much gone. Masato's off doing her investigation trying to figure out what's going on. Asuka was at this point nowhere to be found. Uh, all the kids at school have all, they said they've all gone back home at this point. Yeah. They've uh, just uh, written, uh, you know, they've shooed out all of the, all the comic relief and side characters. Right. Um, yeah, we're... I, that said, I, 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 I wanted to bring this up last podcast and I feel like this is the time I have to bring it up now because they specifically say, Oh, Kensuke and Toji have moved out of Tokyo three. Can I just get this off my chest? And that I think that, the Toji arc of Evangelion was done super well, but then the aftermath of it was, like, unbelievably poorly handled. Like, like the whole... You mean the whole after Toji the fight? Arc, yes. Okay. Like, the whole thing with, like, Toji is like, oh, we can't let Shinji know, it'll break his heart if he finds out Toji's piloting in Ava. And then once Shinji actually finds out Toji's piloting in Ava, he never speaks to Toji ever again. Like, we don't even, like, I'm sure this is maybe, like, a budget thing, but, like, we don't even get, like, a scene of, like, Shinji, like, visiting Toji in the hospital. Like... Well, I wonder if he like, actually even all... did, though. That's a good question. I mean... Maybe he didn't. and But then I feel like they should have, like, made it a plot point that, like, Shinji could not bring himself to, like, see Toji. But, like, it's just so weird that they, like, built up Toji's character so much in those few episodes. And, like, they build up, like, the, like how much, like, like Toji's fate hurts Shinji. Right. But then Toji, the character himself, is never, like, actually addressed or featured ever again. And it just seems like... Maybe that's like a th- maybe that's just a time thing. Maybe that's a scheduling thing. Like, oh shit, we don't have time to like fit Toji into this plot anymore. Right after but, he like, served his main narrative purpose. Right, but but that just right. makes that just makes how he was used in the plot feel even more mercenary. Like, oh, we're just gonna build up this character for the sole purpose of breaking him down, and then once he has been broken, we don't need him anymore for the plot. And like, I feel like that's, I don't know. Like, I think that. Yeah. Conclusions are just as important. Like aftermaths are just as important to character arcs as their peaks and their climaxes. And I feel like it's really weird that we don't even get like a like a like an offhand line about like I don't know. Oh, I can't bring myself to see Toji in the hospital or or something. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that is a little bit of a missed opportunity. I personally didn't even think about it. I completely forgot about Toji, but I might, I might just, uh, <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, I'm not even saying, oh, Toji, fucking secret best character of the show, though. Maybe actually, I'm just saying that, like, like for how, like, it, it is weird now. Like, you know, I don't want to get to it into it too much, but it is weird now. Like, looking at Evangelion now, having finished the TV show, like seeing what people talk about, right? Seeing what people, oh, wow, this character had such an impact on me growing up. This character is so major to the story, and motherfucker, fifth child doesn't show for more than fifteen goddamn minutes <laughs> in this whole show. Whereas, like Toji, like a character who like generally receives like maybe some of the best and most like nuanced characterization in this entire show. 
is never spoken of in like the wider discourse of Evangelion, and that is like wild to me. Do you know in your heart why? Did you know the oh, answer to I this? Know. Uh, this I path. know the answer. And I am saying <laughs> it is fucking absurd how, like, how, like, how warped the, like, priorities of the Evangelion discourse are. Like, how, like, fucking, like, just completely, like, off base these people are. And it's it's just so damn strange to me now that i'm like actually familiar with these characters i can actually ask like why the fuck have people never talked about these characters when they actually do matter yeah i i could i can i think i can see where you're coming from on that i do think you know putting aside you know we're, we're of course referring to the appearance of of karu in this episode who becomes who went on to become one of the most popular you know characters even though he's only in one episode, I I agree. You know, we there is a lot of the you know popularity based on the you know the shipping, if you will, for us to find a to find a succinct term for it. Of but, course, uh, I mean, I'm not denying this, but I I do think he actually does play an important thematic role here. Um, but you know, I I agree. You know, maybe that was a bit of a missed opportunity to. Tie a bow I mean, I think on the Toji. You know, I I think there is a conversation to be had but, here, but we should probably just finish recapping this episode before we we should we should finish this before we start talking about a character we haven't even uh, yes. So yeah, let's recap yet. So. Yeah, let's 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 talk about uh, the appearance of of Kaoru, who um you know just fucking chilling on like a gargoyle or something. Yeah, something like angel statue. Yeah. Like a statue. So so Shinji's feeling kind of lonely at this point because all his friends are gone, and he happens to find a new friend. This weird, very good-looking guy sitting on a rock somewhere or a, whatever. Who uh, does not talk like a normal human. <laughs> like, let me make this clear. Like, it is astounding to me that nobody... Like, Shinji, I can forgive because he's a stupid child. But everybody else just, like not having any objections to the strange white-haired <laughs> red-eyed child who, right, who, like... who, who 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 refers to his fellow humans as the children of the lilim am i right guys <laughs> am i right my fellow kids of the lilim like <laughs> like like uh, like and it like shit like i thought you know i get it shinji is a he is a, he's a dumb but also emotionally vulnerable child yes. who is desperate for some kind of affection like he is the guy who is like going to overlook all the strange stuff Kawaru says because Kawaru also says, "Hey, you look pretty," or "I like talking to you," and like Shinji's just like, "Well, who cares? What, what oh, is it's a child? Really nice. of- it's really nice for you to say." Yeah, yeah. What is, a, what is a child of Lilim, anyways? That doesn't really matter. Yeah, but, that is. Uh, yeah, there's certainly no red flags here, right? Um, yeah, I guess I guess Misato, we do see Misato spying on him later, right? Which we'll talk yeah, about. But he's the fucking super binox. She's yeah, got. so I guess God she's damn. at least a little bit suspicious, but even so, um, yeah. so you know they they kind of meet and hit it off for a bit, but uh, we'll we'll get more into them later. Uh, we see a lot more of uh the glasses guy who I can't remember. I still can't remember his name at this point this episode with the bridge bunny yeah who we are huga right? yeah we're, we're running yeah, out huga. of 
people who are alive and yeah. able to help Masato. But uh, we see a couple times. I, I, you know, I put it in the notes, but I kind of forget what it actually does in this part. Um, uh, Hugo basically hacks the mainframe to find out. Uh, oh, where where Ritsuko is, right? Uh, Ritsuko is, and also to try and find information on Kaworu. Yes, and. Basically, all you can find out is that all of Kaworu's information has already been right. uh, conveniently blacked out in a race. Just like Ray. Yes. Um, yep. So, yeah. So, he he, he is actually, like we said, we're, we don't have a very deep bench here on, at Evangelion, so we've we've gone yeah. to... Uh, hey, look, I, frankly, I am disappointed we did not get our two-episode arc about, like, Hugo and Air Guitar Guy hanging out with, like, Maya on their like day off or something like that should have been an episode of this damn show. Yeah. We could have, we could have fit that in with 26 episodes, but, right? Yeah, totally. Who the fuck, who the fuck needs that episode of, uh, hmm, what is the most redundant episode of this show? Uh, Probably one of the recaps. Yeah. We could have cut one of those, <laughs> those recap episodes. The first one. At least, right? Anyways, yeah. they, yeah, they got to do their sync tests. And yeah. uh, in case you were not already like deeply suspicious of Kaworu, because we, we the viewer, already like understand like what is required to achieve a high sync rate with an Evangelion, we find out that Kaworu syncs with double with uh, with O2 like perfectly fine, like doesn't even need to reconfigure the core. They don't have to change the settings on Unit Two. Just Kaworu gets in there and he's good to go. Yeah, nothing. Again, nothing to be alarmed at here yeah. at all. Um, yeah, just, can't believe Kawar uses inverted controls. Yes, <laughs> like that is like what is going on here. Like, like no, no, you know, you, you, doing... if you like, Asuka has remapped all the buttons on her keyboard, uses inverted. Kawar yes. just jumps on, starts using it, like totally fine. No, like, like I was gonna say, yes, like I was gonna say, maybe even worse. Like Kawaru is like. The guy who like turns on horizontal inverts oh, and is that's like totally evil. fine with that's it. That's evil, and that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> that's that, that, that's those, that's that is the tier. He moves of, like, with bu- he moves with numpad. He's got oh horizontal invert. Um, <laughs> does he like fucking? Uh, does he crouch with like the C key or some shit? Uh, Actually, that's pretty normal. Crouching with the X key is much weirder. Yeah, I don't know why the fuck that is the. That's anyways. Um, yeah. Yeah, like point is those that is the tier of vibes you should be getting from Kaworu in this scene of like this boy ain't right. Yeah. And it kind of that discussion kind of bleeds into after the sync test. He, he runs across Ray and has yet another totally not ominous conversation where he's like uh hey, you're like me. <laughs> I mean, you can tell by looking Right. Yes, yes, the they eyes. both have like the eyes, red eyes. The eyes have it, so they say. Uh, we are the form of Elilum who inhabit this planet. Yes. Right. Yes, this is this is the part where I think also I have never had an issue with Evangelion's world building. I have always like enjoyed or at least tolerated it. I have always like loved the stuff they say, you know, when they say, Oh, we've passed the fucking uh, what limit or whatever, the the fucking right. you know, whatever that threshold or, yeah. or whatever, yeah. right? Right. Yes. Or like we have like, you know, or blah, blah, blah. Or like, oh, we're going to have to redraw the map of Tokyo again. Or like, you know, all, all the world building, like even like the most like heady stuff I have gener- generally enjoyed because I think it is like it, it does the thing that I think all good mech anime does. Like, again, to speak to things that like Ava draws from, like the best mech anime know how to like just play with like gonzo bullshit terms in ways that like yes are bullshit but also still like catch your interest 
And well, what did what did what Tsurumaki call it? The bluff aesthetics. Yes, yes. That's Our you know favorite, uh, we could get into a whole conversation here about uh, Tsurumaki's. Uh, <laughs> yes, Tsurumaki's. Uh, yes, bluff aesthetics philosophy of like narrative fiction. You know, I mean. And 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 I think that is something Ava does very. Well. It's, it's bluff aesthetics are S tier during like the first like two thirds of this show. <laughs> I I think here like I think Eero was like like watched me kind of like try to like mentally work my way through like episode twenty four's world building, and I think it is starting to get into just like plain old bullshit territory. You know, it's like my, my like, sort of charitable take is that. Kaoru is so alien that like the things he's talking about makes no sense to anyone. Um, right, like I think that is yes, my charitable take. A, yeah, there's definitely the read that oh, Kaoru is written to be intentionally obtuse in the way he talks because even though he takes the form of a human, he doesn't actually really understand them that well. But like, I don't know, just the fact that like the, the focus of so much of this episode is like. Oh no, that wasn't Adam on the cross. It was Lilith and blah blah blah, and the and it's the like, fight between Lilith of the Dark Moon and Adam of the like the the all this stuff. It's like it's it's like so like just thrown out there, but like with none of like the actual supporting like framework you need to like make for good like believable world building. Right. Yeah. It's. It... Like it, its relevance to the actual plot is not clear at it's all. Like non-existent. You yeah. Know? Like it, it barely matters to to like the actual overarching plot of of this show. Yeah, I think we'll talk a little uh, bit about the finding a little bit later, but um, but yeah, no, it, it, yeah, it's the the these are the things that start sparking the the fanboys trying to read deep into the the meanings and unravel all the little think, plot details. And, and, and that's. Right, and that's the thing, like, you know, I think, you know, I've always, like, you know, I've always, like, made the joke about how, like, fucking, like, you know, Evangelion is a show that is, like, all, like, fucking philosophical flash and no substance, but, like, I generally think this show has a lot of substance, but I think it was with episodes 24 through 26 where I was finally, finally, boy, finally, like, oh, actually, maybe that hot take of mine was actually not that hot, because, like, Every like fucking like heady think piece about like the last two episodes of <laughs> I've ever read on the internet. Like now that I've actually watched these episodes, I'm like, oh y'all were like fucking trying try to squeeze blood from a stone. Like y- y'all were like trying to like fucking grasp some trying to like meaningful like message from like the most like just off the cuff like bullshit. Yeah. Oh, we'll we'll uh we'll uh, kind of save more of that for after. 25 and 26 yes yes. we're still in a uh, what really matters here is uh they're bathing uh, together yes yes is kawaru and shinji's uh bathing set yeah so you know with the uh the big fucking tv screen (laughs) i guess the nerve sanctioned bathhouse so i wanted to go off on a small tangent on this if you guys will uh please do Please do. Yes. So I wanted to, do. That's all. I wanted to do. talk. Tell I wanted more. to talk about one of the popular rumors that came out of Evangelion was the suggestion that Kaoru was based on Kunihiko Ikuhara. Who, <laughs> I've heard of this. I've heard this I, rumor before. Who at this, this who yes. at this time was wrapping up Sailor Moon and starting production on Revolutionary Girl Utena, and apparently he, he him and Ana were hanging out a lot 
at this point. And uh, yes, I've heard sure. some people say Anno confirmed this, but I didn't find any primary sources on that. I did find again. I, I did yeah. find an interview with Ikuhara himself, though, who, oh, yeah. where they asked him this uh-huh. question, and he was very coy, as Ikuhara always is. But uh, sure. he, he basically said there was a specific time where him and Anno stayed up drinking in an open-air bath and talking all night. And <laughs> that is probably, if there is any inspiration behind the character, that's probably one of the main things reasons why anybody would think that yes i could certainly see um, that you know with with that explanation. and he then proceeded to go on to a, a pretty accurate breakdown of karu's character and shinji and evangelion and a couple things that even i was going to bring up in my final thoughts but um so he, he but uh yeah i just thought that it was interesting because he was saying how you know they're asked i think the the translation was a little rough on the interview but it said something to the effect i think they asked him has he ever said to anyone you know you're fine just the way you are and he's like, well, you know, isn't that something that I'm always saying to people? You know, again, being coy about it. But I guess the is Anno worthy of Ikara's grace. <laughs> they, they did ask him about that too. Did he ever say, well, you know, I, I love you or whatever at that part in the eighties? Like, I don't think I did. Yeah, again, he was playing coy. But uh, anyway, I guess my point is, um, if we're using this again as sort of a, a bit of an allegory for. If that is true, which it seems like it is, at least in some part, I don't know if it's meant to be a one-on-one, this, you know, Kaoru is Ikuhara, but I think it seems like there would be some inspiration from it, and, you know, this being an allegory for Ano's own feelings, kind of interesting. I mean, I I hope that, I, I hope that if that is true, that does that does not imply that Ikuhara is also a fucking creep like Kaoru, <laughs> because... Oh, I don't like, know. I've, seen, actually I've leads, seen a couple of car shows. Because the scene actually leads to the bathhouse is like, it is it is some like, it is some very like, I mean, it is some very cute, but also kind of sad shit where like Shinji is like doing the thing that like people do of like waiting in a place they know that the person they want to run into is going to be. And mm-hmm. it's like, Shinji's like, oh, hey, what a, what a coincidence, Kaoru. I was just chilling out here. Like, I don't have anywhere to go you know i i i need to go take a shower before i go home and, <laughs> and kawaru's just like you want to go together and it's like yeah <laughs> like man kawaru is just fucking so fucking I get, there's probably it. a lot to be talked about in here because obviously this is uh you know, we we we've i think we very very briefly touched on this in the netflix podcast about the trend the the you know you're worthy of my grace uh <laughs> translation question or whatever right um and you know the nature of karu and shinji's or maybe more importantly shinji's feelings because i think karu is just supposed to be he because he, he's supposed to come off weird and maybe they lay off on it lay on it lay it on a little too thick yeah i, but, I guess well i guess it's more like Sorry, yeah, I mean, they probably lay it on maybe a little too thick, like we were saying before. But he's supposed to be kind of weird and inhuman, and like, but he, but you know, there's that. You you can see how it appeals. It would appeal to Shinji that he's finally has somebody who's like showing him unconditional love, right? Whether it's real or not, but from yes. his perspective, and that's I guess that was that was definitely my problem. Is that like. 
having heard so much about Kaworu prior to watching Evangelion, hearing about the legacy of Kaworu, the 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 impact of Kaworu, like the 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 significance of Kaworu, like you know the having you know watching this episode, like Kaworu just feels like really manipulative, like he was just saying the things that Shinji wants to hear. At least that is the vibe I constantly get from him, like. It's like it'd be, to me, sorry to interrupt, but uh, to me, it it felt like the logical, like, final step of how over the past several episodes, the angels have been trying to, like, make contact with the humans in more and more insidious ways. Right. Yeah. Like, ever ever since Shinji got sucked into the the Sea of Duraka or whatever. They've been evolving and adapting to get to their goal. And, yeah, and and what I mean is that because of that context, as Iro said, it makes it feel like oh, Kaworu, like whether Kaworu is actually a person or not, of deserving of personhood or, or 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 whatever, like everything he says just feels like the culmination of like the past like four or five angels, and like just like we we have created this like you know. We all joke, right, about how, like, oh, a character in this game or this anime feels like a waifu created in a lab to, like, just appeal to, like, as many, like, interests as possible. <laughs> That's what Kaworu feels like. Kaworu feels like the angels have, like, we have perfected it. The perfect, like, the perfect... The perfect like, way to finally get down there. Yeah, like, the we'll, perfect... We'll, shi- yeah, the perfect... We'll let us in. We won't, have to, we won't have to punch them. And we won't have to blow right. them up. They'll just... Spin. Yeah, all we have to do is kiss them. Who knew it was so easy? <laughs> like, it's, and so like because of that context, it's hard for me to like. I don't. It's just hard for me to like feel sympathy or or, or interest yeah. in Kaworu as a character. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, but, uh, I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself. Here, yeah, but. I mean, obviously, there's the 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 angle of people desperate for some kind of you know, representation for, you know, you know, people asking, you know, is Shinji gay or whatever? And I'm like, I don't think there's enough evidence here to support that per se, but could you read into that? I don't know. But, you know, whenever you get those situations, you know, we see that time and again with anime where people are willing to swallow a lot in the name of, uh, you know, getting some kind of, you know, representation or something. Yeah, that they can, in, the, in, in the name of like, yeah, in the to. name of, uh, of crumbs yeah, and scraps, which right. you know, yeah. I'm not going to begrudge anybody that. So I think that's uh, you know that's part of it. Um, and yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I mean, you can see why, but but from from the from the uh, from the from the cold hard logical standpoint, yes, it's like you can definitely see. This is a trap. <laughs> like they've 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 yes. they've been evolving this, uh, you know, they they've been getting closer and closer. We've seen them switch from physical physical attacks to mental attacks. They've been probing Shinji and Asuka for like what right. are their weaknesses, I mean, yes. and like you said, it's like they've developed in a lab a weapon to, you know, get to Shinji and you know let his guard down. Yes. So, um, uh, but we should probably move on into uh, Gendo's weird hand. <laughs> yeah. Can we just talk about this? What? Well, we all saw that fetus that was at, that fetus was Adam, yes, right? Yes, they like, said that the, way back known when. As Adam, the thing like that, an, like... Yes, yeah, that, and then, that, they, then they definitely, like, grew it big and crucified it in Eternal Dogma, guys. Right, right, because the reveal of Adam later in the show, I was like, wait, that's Adam? That's the thing that got down here with, like, that... Kaji brought over like in episode six 
But no, it turns out that Adam is still chilling out on, like, grafted to, like, Gendo's, like, <laughs> hand. It, it's, it, 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 it reminds me of, like, when, like, the light snake thing, like, fucking fought Shinji and the little <laughs> rays started, like, growing out of his arm. Yeah. Like, like, what? And, and I'm really disappointed because now having watched all three of these episodes... They don't fucking do jack shit with that well, reveal. <laughs> like, I guess spoilers will come back to that in Evangelion, but uh, but yes, they sure, do they fine, do give us fine, a glimpse but... of the uh, you know Gendo does have Adam on his hand, and you know we'll find out later that the you know the thing on the cross is not Adam; it's Lilith. But um, yes. and uh, we we get a bit of Sele one more time who. Once again, are not happy with Gendo, and this time they really mean it. They've had enough. <laughs> yeah, they all this yes. time they mean it. It only took fucking like fifteen episodes, 20, 20, 24 episodes. Yes. <laughs> yes, really, basically twenty four episodes of Sale being like Gendo. I swear to God, if this you is do your this last again, and Gendo be like, ah, fuck you, y- y'all. This is your third, this is your third strike, Gendo. Right, and like. They said it was your third strike, like fucking like ten episodes ago. You know, five it's like, strikes it's ago. Like, but no, this time they they actually this time they it, do they, mean it though, which will uh... yes, because uh, we find out. Is it here where we find out where? Uh, is this the part where Kaworu has the fucking like weird conversation that makes me now no longer capable of telling what Sele actually is? Um, that's gonna come up in a minute when uh, Masato sees him, right? Right, right, right. They have the the right. They have the sleepover yeah, so, first. So, we, right. you know, I did want to say uh, our last farewell to Pen Pen because this is like, is this? I think this is the last yeah. time we see the apartment, oh, yeah. right? Like, right. Not counting. Uh, I mean, not counting episode twenty six in quote unquote <laughs> yeah. reality. It's the like the last time we're we're at yes, Masato's apartment, yes. and all the lights are off, and she's saying goodbye to Pen Pen, who's going to a better place. Uh, going to go live <laughs> off, off, to, go a off to a farm. You're going to go to the farm upstate. <laughs> You're going to go live with Ritzko's grandma uh, no. and their, cat, their dearly, dearly departed yes. cat. replace the cat or whatever. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's kind of... Yes. I mean, you know, this is... We, yes. we, this is like the classic... Uh, this is the classic, like, shooing out the, cla- the clowns trope, right? Like, this is the moment in the show where they're like, you know, this and, like, shipping, you know, Kensuke and Toji out of the plot. Like, this is the part where they're like, all right, like all of you like side characters who have been here to like add a little like lighthearted flavor to the show like you are no longer your <laughs> services are no longer needed like from where we're going from here on out like you are not going to you don't want you don't want to be around here you do not want to be around this probably where where probably things are best. going so yes. goodbye pen pen um yep and then we we move along to the sleepover uh, I guess Shinji de- decides to stay with Karu at his uh, his quarters at Nerve. I'm assuming, or I don't know if he has another very I don't know if he has another room. apartment or whatever. Either way, they're shacked up for a bit. Um, and I don't know if really there's much more to sit- add to that that we didn't talk about at the bath scene, other than uh, yeah. I mean, I think this conversation is kind of just more of like them trying to like explain or not explain but show like why Kaworu and Shinji hit it, hit it off so well mm-hmm. but like at the end of the day it just 
it, it's, it's just, this whole episode has been weird for me because, like, it's hard for me to understand why Shinji is so receptive to Kuoru's advances when, like, 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 after they've had a few conversations, I guess I get it now, but, like, I feel like Shinji's always, his initial instinct is to recoil from people, right? Like, no matter how nice or genuine or open they might seem at first, like, Shinji's instinct is still to, like, try to run away, you know what I'm saying? But, like, Kawaru is, like, the first person where he's, like, not done that, and, like... Yeah, I mean... There's, I mean, there's a couple of ways I guess you could take it. For one, you know, they kind of, if we look at Shinji's, I guess, personal growth from the beginning of the series where he was happy doing nothing, living with his teacher, where towards the end now, and we had the scene earlier where he's kind of sad with everybody leaving, like he now kind of, um, I guess, depends on that kind of like support from other people right like that's that's that he's grown in that way where he you know that, that to and maybe not in the healthiest way at this stage but um you know so i i mean i think you can you could take that as he's you know a vulnerable and b maybe more receptive to um to you know befriending people or yeah, whatever yeah, no. especially for like we were saying before somebody who's at least to him appears to be unconditionally, you know, you know right. Mr. Perfect, who, who, <laughs> who seems to, you know, generally be interested and care about him, not just because he's a Nava pilot or at least that's the way he's looking at I it. I guess that's true. Yes. I mean, again, are yes, they laying on like a little that. thick? Yes. Is this happening too fast? You know, maybe you could argue that, but I think, I think that's the, yes. I think yes, that's the, the, the takeaway that are at least my interpretation of, you know, how we've arrived at that point at this point. Um, right. So, yeah, uh, we, we kind of, so this is the, the scene you were talking about G where we see Kaoru just talking to Sele in the middle of nowhere. Um, <laughs> right. Like this is not like in the black room, like, Kaoru is, like, standing in the middle of, like, a pond on top of another gargoyle statue and having a conversation with the floating ring of Sele holograms. And, like... Yeah. Now I am... I I thought I had a concept of what Sele was, like, as a, like, tangible organization. Now I got no fucking clue, my dude. So did like, he, like, swim out there or take right, a swan, like, I, swan boat or... Yeah, like, how did he get there? Like, did he fly? Well, did we see fly? later he like yeah. yeah so did he just like float across the pond into to, to like 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 fucking a like you call Masato like you know i don't think Masato was spying that hard i think any person could have been like yo what the <laughs> fuck is that person floating across this lake yeah so we we so i guess the the implications of the this conversation is that and and with the rest of the it's kind of they kind of say it more explicitly later is that karu has been sent by sele but um right they note that he has the soul of Adam within him, but that Adam's remains are with right. Gendo. So he's trying to get to Adam, right? Like, uh, like apparently all the angels have yeah. been trying to do. But uh, yeah, mis- <laughs> I put, uh, you know, I was being sarcastic in the Misato Katsuragi super spy in the notes, but she does, she does see him while he's talking. And uh, we get the kind of the creepy shot of him turning around, looking at her, even though she's like a mile away with her uh, super binoculars. Um, so, a good pair of binoculars. Those are good. I those are some good binoculars, but 
Okay, but can they scan S double plus rank soldiers? <laughs> for later? Sure, let's <laughs> slip in a random Metal Gear 5 reference. But uh, yeah, so Masato is... Uh, basically, Masato's whole thing since Kaji's been gone is just trying to... She's just trying to figure out everything going on. and Just uncover right. the mystery of Nerve, I think. That's like That's kind whole... of her, like soul focus at Purpose this point. since Kaji died, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's around here where, um, Karu decides to, uh, it's time to spring into action. They, they just they let just, him uh, in. Yeah, well, I mean, he's the, the new designated pilot of Unit 2, right? So, uh... Yes. Yeah, so he takes over, uh, Unit 2 and, uh, starts going after Terminal yes, so Dogma. There's this quick shot. They're like, how do you two actually? Where's Asuka? And she's like, they're still oh, in her God. medical room. And we cut to like yeah. the camera shot of her staring wide-eyed at the ceiling in her, yeah, so, like, in eyes, her hospital eyes room. Eyes shut like shit. It's <laughs> like the fact that that is the last scene of Asuka like in the quote-unquote real world in this show is like, you know, I think I said in the last podcast that like I didn't really like feel anything emotional for the characters, but if I if I if the closest I do if I feel anything for these characters, it's definitely Asuka. Like, because you know, you just think of like fucking fucking jackass Asuka from episode like six, like fucking mm-hmm. yeah, now is my chance. I'm gonna fucking stab the shit out of this angel with my knife. I got a cool cloak. Like to fucking, like, what seems to be, like, comatose Asuka, like, fucking hooked up to an IV tube yeah. or some shit. And it's just, like, man, like, like, like we said, like, I, I don't know, man, like, we said Ritsko got, got, got a raw deal. I feel like, actually, maybe Asuka got an even raw deal in some ways, like... Hmm. Like, her characterization was not as, maybe, problematic as Ritsko's, yeah. but the... because, like... The sheer fall from grace here. I, yeah, because I feel like Asuka was like an annoying kid, but like she didn't deserve this, right? Like, <laughs> that's, no, no, she. Right. Yeah, like, this is a lot. This is a this is the fate a character such as her truly did not deserve. Yeah. But uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Unit Two making its way down to Terminal Dogma. Kawaru is what re- officially revealed yes, as the seventeenth and final angel. He pilots uh, Unit 2 by just floating around its head. He doesn't even need to get in it. Yes. And he's making a beeline to Terminal Dogma. Um, so, you know, they... Yeah, they sort the uh, Shinji in Unit 1. Yeah. Shinji is pissed. <laughs> he... Oh, yeah, he, Shinji's mad. Yes, trade he my feels feelings. betrayed, and now he's angry. He's got to fight this guy who seemed to be his friend. So uh, they have a well, this like crazy yes. falling knife fight down the shaft. Oh, this fight is like man, we sit. You know, I mean, look, like Gainax truly, I think, did their best with what they could in Ava. I think the show, undeniably, though, fell apart at the end. But this is not this is this is a pretty decent fight they got here, man. This is a this is just a, is a solid fucking yep. slugfest yeah, or y- unit, knife fest. Unit one and two having here. a knife fight while falling down a giant. Uh... <laughs> Elevator shaft or whatever. Like yeah. Silo is a. It's a good. It's a yeah. good mecha set. At some point, he tries to stab Karu or something, and Karu has his own AT field, and he, Karu reveals yes. all kinds of things about uh, things we probably already knew about. You know, the, the AT field being inside us all along. 
you know, that, that being. Uh-huh. Yes. The real AT field was yeah, with that, you, you know, the whole time. Yes. We find out that AT fields are, the friends as Kawaru Ka- 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 phrases it, is the wall everyone has in their heart. Yes. Which is that we keep people that, out with or whatever. Um, yes. It's our hedgehog quills. <laughs> yes. The hedgehog quills. Yep. That's one, one sure. way of putting it. Yes. Um, Yep. So they're they're fighting their way down. Uh, we did get we did catch a glimpse of uh, Masato talking again, the glasses guy, and her backup plan here to basically nuke the whole thing if he makes it to uh, the terminal dogma, yes. which pretty much is what happens. Um, I mean, yes, uh, there is yes, there's a uh, there's a there's a, there's kind of a good sense of like just like. I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel like Misato, the Misato I know and love is the Misato that's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get a bunch of cables and we're going to plug in, plug them all into every power plant in, in Japan. Whereas Misato at this point is just like fucking just blow it I all mean, up. What other, what other like, options does she have at this point? Right? Like, like yeah. I know she doesn't, but it's just like, There's, fuck it. Yeah, we're, we're, blow out it all of, up. Uh, we're out of time. We're out of options. We're out of everything. Yeah, just blow like, it all up. Yeah. Um, so yes, we uh, we get to te- Terminal Dogma. Karu enters. He's like temporarily disabled Shinji. Well, well, he, he didn't disable him, but the, Shinji's tied up fighting Unit Two. So he worth noting that Otojoy is playing yes, totally this whole sequence. Uh, right. Is, yes. Uh... <laughs> yes. That is that is what is happening. Yes. My brain had. I love that. Um, I can't believe Evangelion crossed over uh, with classical. I I love that part of it, but uh, but yeah, he he gets into Terminal Dogma and and okay, so just tying back around to our conversation really about the Adam and Lilith stuff. Um, I guess the only point you really need to take away on this is the fact that he was expecting to see Adam, and he discovers that it's not Adam; it is Lilith, and so whatever, whatever, right? right. But like. To what oh, end, I guess like right, so that's the thing, is, to what whatever end, right? whatever what plan is... he had is not going to work now is basically what we're what we're yes. meant to take away from here, um, and you know, again, they did. <laughs> I feel like we can maybe revisit that in End of Evangelion, but that's all we know at the time, and I guess that's all we can know at this point is, you know, plan's not going to work for for Kaoru, so. Shinji breaks free after sticking a knife in Unit 2's face uh, and <laughs> just walks up and grabs Karu and uh, Ray's, Ray's here as well yeah, for they, some reason. Right, yeah, she's just like hanging out. She puts up a, she like puts up an AT field so that nobody can see in yeah, they mentioned, what's happening. Right, yeah, because they, they mentioned happens. Karu has like this yes. you know massive AT field and then there's another AT field just like it there and, it's, and it, we find out it's Ray. But um, but yeah. So Karu uh, or uh, Shinji grabs him with Unit One, and we have Karu's final moments, which is one of the most famous shots in anime ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our final super yeah. uncomfortably long pause <laughs> of the series. Yes, where is, uh... um, Shinji has to kill Karu because he's an angel and but he doesn't want to do it and yes. you know he sits there for an uncomfortably long period of time until he finally squishes him 
Yeah, but I do like I it mean, a lot. I do, wanna, I do. I do like. This is one of those like long pauses. I think is done well because like, you know, regardless of whether whether this was intentional or because again they ran out of money, I think this is one of those ones that does work because like, you know, there is often the talk of. Especially in mecha anime, there is, you know, one of the, like, most prevailing themes in mecha anime that I think Ava often, you know, I mean, Ava takes, like, many of its tropes, uh, many of its mecha tropes to its, like, logical, uh, philosophical conclusion is the, is kind of the, the humanist, the humanistic philosophy of kind of, like, the robot as a representation of, like, the pilot's self, you know? Like, the robot is, is, is the physical, like, t- is, like, the physical extension of the pilot, you know, the, the robot is its best self in many ways, you know, it, the, the robot is the idealized self, but in, and it is also the self that can act as like the armor, you know, the, the thing that can afford to, 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 to fight and be destroyed. And so like, that is often one of the, the primary tropes of mecha anime. But one of the things that, you know, obviously cannot be communicated as effectively is that usually, you know, barring certain types of mecha anime, <laughs> the mechs don't emote. They don't have say, faces. They can't talk. When like, the pilot talks, the mech does not talk. And Grimlock on mouth moves when right. they're talking and makes expressions, same expressions. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's a very effective, like, that's a fun, like, take on it. But for most anime, like, most mecha anime, like, even super robot anime, like Mazinger or, or, or Getter, you don't see the pilot's expressions unless mm-hmm. you have a view into their cockpit. And I think that actually then Otto or, or whoever, like, uh, key shotted this scene does something really effective here uh, for the first time in like in a while this is a this is actually this is one of those I actually have to truly hand it to Evangelion this is a trope that I don't think is done nearly as often this silence actually disconnects the pilot from the robot like because usually when the pilot emotes you know what's going on because they'll have like a you know a tomino style like cut in into the into the cockpit so you can see that but here because we only see unit 1 in this scene we don't really know what shinji is going through. like we 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 imagine right. it but we cannot see it right like is shinji bargaining is he going through the five stages of grief in those 60 seconds right like is he in denial is he bargaining is he angry is he like shouting or is he crying we don't know like we can we can come to our own conclusions but we don't actually know and in that moment in those 60 seconds unit one and shinji are not actually the same entities anymore and i think that that's like a really impressive thing to pull off for uh for for in in the kind of overall zeitgeist of mecha anime yeah that's that's an interesting take on it um I think, you know, I agree whether this was intentional or not. And I think it was intentional, at least, again, if you want to argue the length of it, maybe. But I, I do think this moment called for this pause, right? And it's I think it's a very effective um, moment. Um, kind of interesting. Uh, this probably isn't super important, but I did notice when they kind of cut a, after the after the fact and they're kind of cutting away to like, Unit one getting cleaned off, the blood the blood in his hands was red. <laughs> it was not uh, angel blood. Yes, that was that also is. it is also because that's yes, a used there's shot, that. But, too, but uh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, well, I think that it, I mean they have they have recolored. Yeah, they they could have made it before. 
Yes, right? that's true. Like, with like unit zeros, like berserk moments. So they, they really wanted technique. to recolor that. Yeah. They could have, right? I mean, oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Is the red is is the red blood in the rebuild movies? You know, is, that, is that a question we should be asking? Or <laughs> uh, well, did, did, did they even get this? Well, does this even happen well, in the rebuild movies? Have you not seen? No, have you not seen three point oh? We will. Look, oh. I guess we'll. I guess we'll say. I guess we'll save this for our inevitable not, uh, neon I'm genesis watching and those glorial movies. rebuild uh, podcast. Um. So. <laughs> Don't worry. I that that is an actual joke. Don't worry. Because next, un, un, unlike Legend of the Glory Heroes Guy Den, which is completely serious. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, after this, we're doing King of Braves, Gaga <laughs> Go, Go, Glorio. Um. All right. So. Um, uh. We get right. one final scene for kind of the last time, I guess, with Shinji and Masato talking and Shinji opening up his sort of guilt about having to kill Karu and Masato basically coldly yeah. telling him you did what you had to do. You had to kill the angel or whatever. And it kind of. I mean, it's, I mean, it's more than that. I think Masato is actually like really cold in this episode in a way that like. I'm not going to say he betrays the character because I think that after what has happened to Misato in this show, this is yeah. believable. But like the Misato of episode one would have never have said these things to Shinji, I think. Right. Or maybe more accurate, accurately, the Misato of like episodes like eight through 12, where she and Shinji have come to this kind of like mutual right. emotional understanding with each other. I don't think she would have said these kind of things. Like she is like, right. Like the, the, the things she says are things that like, I the way I see this show anyway are things like she's like only those are things that have the will to li- will to live should survive like they wish to die so he doesn't deserve to survive like the way I see it is Shinji also thinks those things about himself so it's like really not a good thing to hear yeah. for him to hear right now yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think it you know that's, that's kind of what I mean right is like it's like, you see, Kaoru deserves to die because he didn't want to live it's like well Shinji doesn't yeah, want to live I, either so hmm. right. I think we'll save this for once we've talked about all three of these episodes, but maybe it's not as strong of a drop from like Asuka's character, but I think in many ways, this is a great like encapsulation of what has happened to Misato yeah. over this show. Right. Like, and you know, the, the, why we needed those moments earlier in Evangelion with like happy, happy music, Misato, because like it further, like it, it further makes the contrast more tragic to who she has become by the end of this show. Mm-hmm. Like remember like Misato's whole shtick is like, I joined like, nerve because like i hate my father and all this stuff right like and like i mean we've never met her father but since we've heard that her father is described as a gendo-esque kind of figure to hear misato saying the shit that kind of shit that like gendo would be like right at home with like gendo's philosophy is like in some ways very yeah, like, kind of hard to sad to swallow see. yeah 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 i mean you could also factor in She's, you know, part of her driving force has always been her hatred of the angels too. But I, I think, but I think, her, like writing her it off earlier episode, writing it off of that would be, yeah, would be not uh, giving credit to the the, the progression of her character yes, how she's yes. been built. Because to, I think that I agree that point. she's being driven purely by her hatred of angels at this point. But like I feel like the second strongest like emotional like force in Masato's life was like her like you know, love or care for Shinji, you know? And, like, so to kind of seen that, like, aspect of her, like, completely evaporate in these cool right. episodes. It's like, it's like that was, that was, like, a positive step for her that is now seen to be reversed, right? Um, so, 
So yeah, that concludes the last quote unquote real episode I mean, of the series. We'll be able to get through twenty five and twenty six pretty quick. So <laughs> yeah, I do want to mention right, this yes. now in the platinum notes All right. because so okay, so let me let me just explain. When I've been referring to the platinum notes, there's not like one big book of notes. There's like an individual booklet with each volume, right? So for the final volume, which is these three episodes, there's a forward about the two endings that they feel like they needed to add in here to mention that, hey, guys, we made End of Evangelion after this. Um, And I'm only bringing it up now because it is in the platinum notes like for the TV series. But uh, and I also want to give, I guess, these showmakers or whoever wrote their marketing material in the platinum notes, the opportunity to defend themselves before <laughs> we get into <laughs> episode 25 and 26. Sure. And I'm just going to read you verbatim the first paragraph here, because I'll just give it to you in their own words. It says up to this point, neon Genesis Evangelion has depicted themes surrounding the human heart and communication between people mm-hmm. through the stories of the main characters. However, the climactic episodes, episode 25 and the final episode uh, reverse the relationship between the story and the theme. What would normally be considered the story is kept to a bare minimum, and the theme itself is told. Uh-huh. The material is theoretical and experimental, and without a doubt, something never seen before in TV animation. When it originally aired, it became an incredibly hot topic and divided the fans in their opinion. So it, from there on, it goes to talk about you know, because of the fan outpouring, you know, we decided to make End of Evangelion, which is a more literal depiction of what happens I mean, with a couple of other twists. Also, they had no money. Yes, yes. I mean, but yes, I just wanted to, I like I said, I wanted, I wanted to get the official spin on what happened here f- from the Gynax marketing, you know, PR department. Uh, being as generous as they can uh-huh. uh, before I, I we enter into that, show. that actually that is you know I'm glad to hear that that opening statement. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I do like how depending on whether you're watching the regular or the director's cut version of episode 24, they have a different next time on Ninja's Evangelion. Yes, I was going to bring that up as well. So if you if you are watching uh, the original broadcast one, the preview, which I might add is now like. What are like like key animation frames or something? But it's not like at this point, like like, they storyboards. Key frames. These are like these are like fucking notebook sketches. Like yeah, notebooks. Something drawn on a napkin. Um, Yeah. The the uh, so so in the original air one, the preview is for this version of episode twenty five. Whereas in the director's cut, it is the version of episode twenty five in End of Evangelion that they preview. Twenty five prime. Interesting. Yeah, so interesting point. So we'll talk. We'll have plenty more to say about End of Evangelion next podcast. For now, we got to talk about the TV ending. So let's go to episode twenty-five. Do you love me? And like we kind of alluded to, I don't know how much we're going to actually have to say about the content about these episodes because there's not a lot going on. So twenty-five, there, okay, the real second recap episode. So here's yeah, so. Go ahead. Here's my real problem with this episode. I think at the core of it is so this episode, like after hearing that Gynax explanation, makes sense. This episode is essentially a a thematic like outline of many of its primary characters. You know what drives them, what they fear, and eventually what breaks them. Right? Like that is totally what this episode is. But as Eero said, in many ways, this is just a secret recap episode because. 
<laughs> now, here's the thing, right? Yep. It, it, you know, they talk about how, oh, we want to talk about the themes instead of the story. Here's the problem. Do you know why themes are interesting in fiction? It's because they are, like, they are maintained <laughs> and, like, sustained. Right. They are built by interesting stories. Like, anybody can come up with an interesting theme, right? Like, anybody can come up with a story, like, I don't know, the theme is war is bad. But can you actually make that an interesting theme through the framework of your storytelling? And the problem here is that episode Born 25... Without, without robot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the problem with 25, though, is even as a thematic like outline of these characters, I don't think it reveals anything new about them. Like, everything about uh, these no. characters is are things we already know, right? Like, it's basically confirming in words everything that we've learned yeah, so far it, in case it, we did it not feels, figure it, it out. It feels so unnecessary. Like, oh, did you know, like, you know, Ray has her internal reflection about her sense of selfhood? Did you know that Asuka's childhood fucking sucked? Like, did you know, like, you know, <laughs> did you know what Masato's deal was? Like, this episode, yeah. in a way, is the most anime of all the episodes of Evangelion. <laughs> Like in in what yeah way like, you like elaborate on that I'm actually really curious <laughs> what you mean by in that. the the way that so much anime dialogue is saying straight out oh, redundant. The, thing, the things that were self evident within yes. the story oh, totally yes yes like that's a thing right I feel like Evangelion had such confidence in its storytelling and its character work right like this show had so much confidence in like look you know like you figure out what Asuka's deal is like, like even before things start to go bad. Like, you already understand who Asuka is as a character. Like, you understand what drives her. And in many ways, like, even as far back as, like, dance like you want to win, you already understand her her insecurities. You you get them. They make sense. Like, like you... And, and, and so, like, to be like... And hell, Asuka's backstory episode was, like, two episodes ago. Like, <laughs> like this <laughs> yeah, is literally can. just, like, recapping information we already learned not that long ago. And yeah, and that's for all the characters. Same with Ray. Same with Masato. Does does Ritsuko get any bit in this yeah, episode? I don't remember. Does, I think. Then same with Ritsuko. Like 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 these four like primary female characters who like I think have all had varying degrees of like good characterization. It's just like reiterating them for us, which like without any like new insight into it. Yeah. Um, there are a few like frames here and there in this episode. Um, yeah, so let, let's get into the episode. I think I wrote what I was getting at is there are a few snippets of you know reality um, to kind of give us hints that something has gone down. But the vast majority of it is people talking in Shinji's head, right? Yep, yes. folding chair with the spotlight. Uh, yes. Now uh-huh. I now I having come back to this episode after many years. Now I realize where Zeno Gears got it from. Uh. <laughs> a, lot, a good deal of the episode is people f- sitting in folding chairs and getting yelled at by the other characters <laughs> starting yes. with uh, s- starting with uh, Shinji sitting in this folding chair with Rei calling him out for you know why did you kill Karu he goes through a whole spiel about you know I had to do it but it ultimately comes down to you know the, the same stuff we've been talking about with Shinji him you know wanting to please other people and get praise from other people. And that ultimately being his reason for piloting the Evangelion. We kind of asked that question, which again, we answered kind of a long time ago. Um, 
and we we rotate we rotate everybody in in and out here. So we we get Oscar in the chair for a bit. Ray calls her out. Who we do get one shot of what I'm assuming is real life with her floating underwater mm-hmm. uh, somewhere. Yeah, uh, with no other context. But uh, you know, we we kind of touch back on well, why do why does Oscar pilot the Ava? You know, for her herself. And again, I guess in similar roundabout way to Shinji getting praise from other people. Um, we get Ray calling out herself. We get fa- the famous like creep, creepy, creepy Ray face. Oh yeah, which scary. like just makes me laugh. Um, right, the, the creepy Ray. Yeah, we get we get Ray c- calling out herself with I guess it's Ray two in the chair who's the one. Like, I guess Ray two is kind of boring, but Ray one and Ray three are like terrible people. Um. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean you know if you want if you want your uh your your evidence that like clones are not predetermined personalities but they can in fact diverge depending on their environmental factors uh it's not a strong disparity but you know yes the difference between the three rays is uh ray Ray 2's retreading her thing about you know i am a person my own person and all that and like nah we're all clones and you just do what gendo tells you um, and so after re- kind of recapping everybody's insecurities, they just, don't they just flash on the screen? And so instrumentality starts. <laughs> something like this? I... Oh, wait, oh, wait, I, they do show, um, you know, while Ray's in the chair. It says, yeah, well, you, you were made yeah. for this day. Yeah, while Ray's in the chair, Gendo shows up and, and says, right, you're, you were made for this day or whatever. And that's when they're like, and so instrumentality begins, because yes. we said so, whatever that means. Um... We do catch, again, some glimpses of uh, Ritsuko and Masato's bodies. They appear to have been shot or something. Yes. Um, again, with no context. Uh, but Don't worry, all souls will become one and we'll find eternal peace. Right, like Gendo kind of has a line here that may, we are not returning mankind not to nothingness, but instead to our original state. Which kind of, I guess, leads to like the, that, you know, the talk, the 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 world building bullshittery in episode twenty four of like mankind is derived from. I thought it was Adam. Maybe it's Lilith. I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> but uh, uh, right, mankind is from the Lilith, and the angels are from Adam. I think is the way it's supposed to go. But this yes, is not yes. not really that important. But this is kind um, of a confirmation that instrumentality is somehow making all of mankind a single being. Yes. yes. Which, which I mean, I, I feel like in 2019, you know what instrumentality means because that's become the catchword for the evil plan where we unite everybody yes. as one, oh, right? Yes. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, um, is very influential. Yeah, <laughs> so, which, which, G, that I'm going to warn you now. I'm not. I don't want you to answer this question right now. I'm saving it for the last episode. So preview, everybody, stay tuned. All right. I am going to ask you what did you know and what didn't you know <laughs> at, okay. at the very end. So just no, to, I, I'll be happy to get into that. Yes. Use some thought to that for the final final part of <laughs> next episode. But yes, yes. I, but I think instrumentality again. If you watch anime and it's 2019, you know what instrumentality was because that that has become the term for this thing, right? Yes. But uh, yeah. So even though we saw at least physically, it appeared that Ritsuko and Masato were dead. We see it's Masato's turn in the chair. <laughs> Again, we, uh, we we go through all of her 
same insecurities about her dad and Kaji. And she does mention here that, you know, everybody, you know, it appears everybody can see everything that she's thinking and she's freaking out because that's how instrumentality works, I guess. So we, we kind of get that hint there. Um, Asuka ends up back in the chair. We do learn a little bit about the, uh, the truth about Asuka's stepmom, which I don't think was clear earlier. Okay. Uh, that, that was the, cause Iroh, you mentioned, which I don't know if G and I, I actually caught, on the mm-hmm. one bit where her dad was talking to some other doctor or something like that. Right. And then they revealed that the other doctor ended up being her stepmom. I think that's what they were implying. Oh, is so that, that what? Okay. That's the way I read that. Does that bang other doctor on the side? Right. And I think they implied that that's who ended up being her, her stepmom. I think so. So I see. Huh? Kind of rubbing more salt in the wound for poor Oscar, I guess. But, yeah. Uh, they, Yeah. I did find it interesting in this scene and also in her episode, like they even had, had like Oscar, like sound different almost like it almost sounds like a different voice when she's talking, like when she's being honest and not like putting on the whole like mm-hmm. show that she normally puts on. So we kind of get more of that, which again is odd considering that was literally two episodes ago, but um, yeah. Yep. And uh, we, we loop back around to Shinji who they basically say that oh well this is what you chose to do Shinji or something like that which I think is going to bleed into episode 26 but yeah I mean like we said there's not really much to say about the content because we're just because like a there's not much to see because they're rehashing a lot of animation or not animating anything at all and then b you know thematically we knew all this stuff already this is this is almost more of a recap episode than the the weaving a story two or whatever so yeah i will Uh, say like in my memories of the show like i know it's 25 and 26 that's this stuff but what was actually in my memory was only part of episode 26 i yes five just in one year at the other for yes, 25. I, I would definitely agree with that sentiment i think that like people tend to pair 25 and 26 together but i think that like realistically 26 is the only one that actually matters i feel like like i don't like i you know i just said earlier that i don't think any part of evangelion is redundant but 25 might actually be the closest this show has ever gotten to like what i think is an entirely like redundant Super, episode superfluous. yes like unless right. like you fucking somehow made it to episode 25 still not understanding the like thematic like elements of each character's personality in this show like i don't see what this episode actually like reveals about the world or the story which i guess based on what gynax wrote those platinum notes is just as planned Question mark? <laughs> All according to Keikaku. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, next episode previews of devolved fully into the script, dog. <laughs> it ain't even drawings, man. Like this is this is high like this is like how fucking bad it's got. Like, oh. like man, like it's fascinating. You know, I mean, I, <laughs> it's it, it is, it is, you know, like I don't know, maybe I nah, this is not that important, so I'm just gonna bring it up now. Like I Watching this last episode kind of reminded me of like when everybody was like, you know, there was that like not a kerfuffle, but there was that like minor like thing on the internet that blew a bit when like Trigger was like, uh, hey, like lend us your power. We are finishing the last episode of Kill the Kill. Uh, we have like 12 hours left. 
<laughs> yeah, and yes. you know there was very much this vibe of like oh god like what is the last episode Nothing's going to changed. be like yeah like oh god like they're literally like rushing the like the tape to like the broadcast station at like fucking you know you know an hour before it airs or something right and like in the end of the day that last episode turned out pretty great everybody was happy it was a feel-good story for everyone this last episode i'm like <laughs> maybe not so much like uh... we're was like was like Tsurumaki fucking like drawing like like fucking boards on a on a like a sketchbook in the back of a car on the way to like the broadcast <laughs> station like that that is the fucking vibe i get from this last episode like 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 fucking ano's on the phone trying to like stall for time and like Tsurumaki and yoshinari are like ah sh- shit we're the markers uh, you know like, you know just- and, and this this actually has more animation in it than twenty five. Oh, it Not does. Much. It totally does. But, but like, uh, yeah, but, it does give you the vibe of like they were really cutting it. Uh, yeah, cutting the course on this one. Um. All right, so let's talk about the last episode twenty six. Take yeah. care of yourself. Yeah. We get a big reminder. You know, I think they had like an instrumentality continues or whatever. To, yes, right. <laughs> in case we yes. forgot. Uh, and trying to continues and now it's Shinji's turn as I think how, how it starts off right something along those lines so now we're going to do a real deep dive on Shinji to, to wrap this thing up um, where we're we're going through all his insecurity okay, there's literally yeah. a frame here that's like after it's like instrumentality's begun we don't have time to show you everything so let's look at Shinji <laughs> yeah. yeah and they start Man, this, this this is just this was just kind of sad. They start sprinkling in like um, artsy black and white photos of random objects. <laughs> um, it is truly like Gainax at its most de- the most desperate I have ever seen them. This actually movie. this actually totally feels like a uh, Bakemonogatari move, to be honest. Like, yeah, but like same same energy of uh, we've burned all our money on hookers right. and blow and. Uh, it- we <laughs> we have to fill this space somehow. Yeah, and like that's the thing. Like, I mean, we'll get to this after we talk about this episode. But like, it is definitely seems like these that have me talking about the intentionality of Evangelion, right? Like, there are probably people out there who have written essays about how oh, man Ano's bold, creative choice to use black and white photos in this yeah, scene. Here he chose I'm like, my- motherfucker. This is this this is because he got no money anymore. Like, here he chose to show a picture about this. Here he show chose to fo- chose to show a photo of a mailbox because Shinji is trying to reach out and communicate with uh, <laughs> you know, like, with, with with other people, but you know there there's a barrier in the way that he you know has to. I don't know, man. Motherfucker, I guarantee you, there's a podcast or an essay out there that has said oh, I'm sure. that exact same shit word for word. I'm like, sure there somebody. A, there there is an that. essay that has analyzed every single black and white photo in that montage. I think my yeah. favorite, like, still frames are fra- just earlier frames from the show, but with, like, fake manga screen tone over them. Oh my god, right, with the fucking screen tones? Yes. <laughs> oh, they pull out every, they pull out, like, every, like, camera filter in the book. Every fucking cheap uh, trick imaginable. Man. That, in this one, over some of the screenshots of, like, Shinji's face and stuff like that. Um, just pixel pixelizing <laughs> loops and stuff. Yeah. Um... So yeah, we, we kind of get sprinkled in here some more of Asuka's stuff and they kind of merge it with Shinji and they both reach the same conclusion that uh, their entire purpose in life has been tied to piloting the Evangelion. So, you know, maybe they aren't 
all that different to begin with. And it's at this point, uh, we start resorting to marker sketches. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we so go. This, Here see, we like, go. I actually like these because that's it's it's better than what they were doing last episode. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, no. I, I do agree. I, we joke happening. Like, there is like a, you know, there is a handmade quality to them, right? There is a rough, right. like, human feel to them that, like, obviously is because of production issues. But, you know, taken as is, is still an interesting creative choice. You, so, you know uh, what? You know what? This I just also just love hand drawn stuff. Yeah, like they, they, yeah, like the, I like I like the the art, but like you know, you kind of it's again, it's almost kind of sad at this point. Um, yeah, no, totally. <laughs> it kind of made me think of, uh, and this would have not have made sense in 1995, but in 2019, it made me think of like if somebody uploaded a like anime drama CD to YouTube and needed to put some like still images uh, in to keep it interesting. Oh man! Oh no, yeah. I totally understand. Like, you, yeah, yeah, you know so what I'm saying with that. Like, yeah, <laughs> that, that's what that's what a good portion, of, particularly the marker yeah. sketches. Uh, like I will see. There's one one quick line, or I think I think I think it's on text or whatever, where I was just like, "Oh, this is the big mood of Evangelion." Uh, the question is, "Do you love your mom?" And you know, I was like, and uh, I was just like, "Oh, yep, big mood." This the just this is just if you needed like a fucking like five word like encapsulation of like fucking Evangelion's whole brand of bullshit, here you go. You know. Yeah. What about her two-hit multi-target attacks? Oh, yeah. Do you love oh, your mom no. and her Lance of Longinus? Do you love your mom and uh, <laughs> and her cool-ass progressive knife? Oh, Do you love your mom her, even her, when her she positive. becomes Zabisto? Do you love your mom and her positron rifle that uses all of the electricity in Japan? Yes, do do right. you love your mom and her S2 engine? <laughs> That one, that last one, just sounds filthy. But um, <laughs> from um and her AT field. Did, did, you know, did we ever right, actually we talk been... about what the S two engine is? The super solenoid, something <laughs> or other. I still don't fucking know what the S two engine actually is. I, I understand what it is thematically in story, but actually, did they ever even say it in the show? Now that I'm thinking about it, I it's just know. a thing so. that's in the angels. Yeah, well, whatever. It, 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 I mean, it give it, it, uh, an unlimited energy source. Yeah, it's an, it's yes, an unlimited it's, energy it's, source. It's, 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 have to it's Metal Gear Rising. It's Zandatsu. It's it's you. Right. You rip out the spine to get the juice. Yeah, it's, drink the juice. Yeah, it's the same thing. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're, we're, I don't even remember what was happening. We had marker sketches. At some point, they come to the conclusion where they start to try to move this in, a, I think, a positive direction that you know because the world around shinji keeps changing he needs to take care of himself um and this plants him in the world of nothing which basically turns this into that um i do like this sequence (laughs) you know that one bugs bunny cartoon where the guy's like drawing stuff on the the blank page while bugs bunny's walking around yeah 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 yes yes basically what happens here um yeah, it's 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 a neat bit of animation it's actually really well animated like uh yes this, this one bit here for um, like about 20 seconds or or maybe even less <laughs> yeah because we have shinji basically walking around on a white screen and then he's like i don't know what to do so like here let me give you some land and then he, somebody draws a line suddenly has land and then there's like some random bit where just like this really 
well animated morphing objects yes. that clearly had Yo Yoshinari involved. The platinum note said it was Ano and Yoshinari Yoshinari did that part. Oh yeah. That which, tracks. Which you can definitely like I, said, like I said, was Yoshinari drawing that in the car on the way to the station? Yes, like... <laughs> clearly filling the, the coloring on that in the back of the, the car. Yeah. Um, and uh so we kind of have that as to teach Shinji that that reality is relative or, or something, right? So like, yeah. Or you know, change, whole, change the world based on how he chooses to perceive yeah, it. There's there's this whole vibe of this part here as we get close to the end of like life and the world is what you make of it. Like whether mm-hmm. whether you decide for whether you decide that is truth to you or not is up to you. And so, what better way to communicate that theme than a, a school AU spinoff? Yes. So we go from the the world of nothing, where uh, Shinji then gets dumped into the the harem anime he deserves, uh, <laughs> complete with Asuka's his childhood friend waking him up in the morning and making a morning mm-hmm. wood joke. Uh, yep, I do like his Yuna one backpack. Yes, like... it's it's a very good AU interpretation. Oh yeah, totally. Yes, Didn't they make a whole spinoff manga about this. I, yes, probably. I, dude, yeah, dude, not just one. I, I am sure like fifty of those exist. <laughs> uh, I did want to point out because uh, we have we have a shot of uh, Gendo and Yui as uh, Shinji's happy parents in this world, and uh, yes, and. Uh... Gendo's newspaper mentions uh, clearly, you know, second impact did not happen in this world. And the African-American female president is going to visit the South Pole or something like that, which I guess maybe they're trying to say, wow, how unlikely is that? But uh, I mean, yeah, there's definitely a vibe like, oh, what a crazy alternate universe. But yeah, but yeah, they, (laughs) they go through the whole thing. Ray is running with the toast. We gotta yeah, fix right. that. Oh line. man, this this fucking alternate universe Ray is great. Just fucking just the, being fucking Ray of all characters running with arguably the Arguably the best mouth. animated thing in the entire series as far as I, uh, I frames it, per second. I think my favorite shot in this is we get the same outside of the apartment complex shot that we've got the oh, whole show. Yeah. But every other balcony has people living in those apartments. Yeah, there are signs of actually people living there, which is like a subtle but very good like way of communicating the the otherness of this universe right so they so they play along with the school thing raise the new transfer student uh and shinji saw her panties of course and And as if shinji had not seen her naked like fucking 20 episodes ago um they still managed to recycle the bit with uh, masato showing up to school yeah, they re- started using, reusing some footage as soon as they get to the school. Like, yeah. You can tell they're just like fucking recycling some like Toji and Kensuke footage. Yeah, I think just that's the. Dubbed I, over with new lines. I think the Masato one's the most like shameless. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and, the, and the, you, they're clearly like. Now she's, now she's their hot teacher. Right. Instead of just showing up for parent teacher conferences. So they managed. Old man who can't stop talking about Second Impact is not here anymore. Oh, man. The old man got fired for talking too much about Second Impact. They they managed to uh, animate a good like three minutes of the episode until we start falling apart again. Here. Oh, I love this! I love this! Like they couldn't even keep up this bit. Like even like even with all of, like despite all of their best efforts, you could tell they were like pouring their lives into this dumbass two three minute bit. Yes, and they couldn't even sustain it for that they long. They couldn't even before. finish this one off because before you know yeah. it, we're back to the marker sketches of the kids yeah. in class, and then they kind of. <sighs> This is like 
like, and I think you could say a lot about this. It's both kind of sad and brilliant. Like, I don't think it makes for a good episode, but like, you almost have to. The, like, way, the ways they made it, they worked all they had are. Yes, it, it's very it's really more dire as they appear to be. Um, the, and this one, this in particular, I like how they. They, they framed it as, okay, we have this fully animated school thing, and it's almost like it was fading out back to the... Right, yeah, yeah, yeah like, no, totally. Like, like narratively, it intentionally, it, it makes it feels, a ton of sense. Right. It, it's it, just... Yeah. You know, I, it's just, it's I, just I, that when you know about the realities of yeah. how the show is made, like, it, it becomes less of an interesting creative choice and more like a last-ditch move of desperation. Right. Oh, but that's that's more interesting than a, than a creative choice to me. Yeah, I, I, I'm not denying that. It, I, I, like I said, the thing I will keep saying about Evangelion that I will say once we get into our like final thoughts is, like, deeply fascinating show. I, I don't know if I could ever call Evangelion, like, genuinely, like, great, but it is unbelievably interesting. Yeah, so... So they you have your full animated school scene, which then goes to the marker boards, and then finally they just cut to the script. Uh, it's like, right. aha, this is just an anime, but this is one of the possibilities. Yeah. Uh, and we go out to like Shinji reading that script, right? Like yeah. he's holding it. Yeah, yeah, they actually yeah. They show him holding that right. So, but you know, this is one of many possibilities, kind of looping back around to things you know always changing, life being what you make it, all that stuff, and mm. you know they finally kind of arrive on Shinji hitting an epiphany where, you know, maybe everybody doesn't hate me. Maybe I'm just me and that's okay. Kind of to quote Ikahara again earlier, you know, I mean nothing more, nothing less. And uh, that leads to our final moment. The glass breaks and it's All time. Right, to... figured it out, Shinji. Congratulations. Congratulate Shinji. Uh, with all his friends and family clapping and standing on what appears to be a desolate planet Earth. Um. Well, you know. <laughs> Look, like I said before, when they were talking about how, you know, the world is what you perceive, and, you know, you make uh-huh. that reality your own. Then if that's what Shinji wants, then I guess that's what Shinji gets. Yes. Um, and that is a desolate planet where nine people stand in a circle around him and clap for him. And also Pen Pen. Yeah, Pen Pen's there too. Yep. So you know what? Maybe maybe it's not all bad. You really did go <laughs> to a better place. Um, yeah, and that concludes and, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, the, tel- the television series. Congratulations. Uh, congratulations, guys. We made it. Um, well, not quite. Uh, <laughs> so I'm sure we all have some thoughts to share. I wanted to loop back around to a couple of discussions that we said we would talk about when we hit the end. And I think some things we can get into here, some things we'll save for the real, the true ending <laughs> next next episode. <laughs> but I do think yes, this is the best yes. time to talk about the thing we keep talking about with what was intentional and what was, oh God, I'm drawing this in the back of the car on the way to the station. Um, and probably the more important question of how has that impacted people's perception of the show, right? Because that, that was really the heart of right. what you were, you've been asking, G, right? So yes. I do want to say, just to start, I don't think there's any way in hell you can argue that these episodes came out the way exactly that Anna wanted them, right? Like, totally can we all agree? I hope we can all agree on that much at least, right? <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, I think, look, I think as far back as like even like episode like, I mean, like maybe twenty-two or twenty-three. I think that what Evangelion becomes by the end is like 
some like desperate remaneuvering on on Gainax's part. You know, I think that. Uh, but yes, especially twenty five and twenty six, and I think that uh, this is the part where I definitely like. I think I come into conflict with much of the Evangelion discourse. Is like, of course, I want to analyze the work as it is presented, as what was given to us, but you know, I sometimes think that. You know, because of the nature of fandom, because the nature of fandom is consuming, right? Like the nature of fans is to consume. And there is this like constant like undertone in like the Evangelion discourse of like, oh, we need to like grasp meaning from every single thing that happened in this show. You know, like everything like, like, oh, no, not like, like these things in this show can't just be because of like an accident or because of restrictions on our budget or like, you know, because we ran out of time. No, no, no. Everything here must have been intentional. Everything here must be analyzed. You know, everything here must be like taken as part of some kind of like greater meaning. And I think that that is what leads to like the very like straw man version of the Evangelion discourse that is like just like navel gazing way too hard. But uh, it's a tough thing because I feel like also, conversely, we should talk about Evangelion as the version that we have seen. And, you know, I imagine that many of the choices they made, you know, for example, like the shot of Unit 1 holding Kaworu, were likely very intentional. Those things were probably in there from, like, if not the very beginning of the show, that, like, were intended very early on. And I guess it's, like, trying to figure out that, that balance that has continued to kind of confound me. Ira, what do you uh, what do you think? <laughs> I I don't know how like so much of it we can't tell whether it was like how much what the balance is right between that intentionality and how much they were scrambling to to pad for time or do whatever and like that that is what I find interesting like oh. it's crazy it's crazy to me when people are you know like G said. Uh, certain people take every everything in the show as if it was definitely intentional. Right, they want to say this is the you know the work of the genius Anno, and you know this is all you know his master plan, and not that hey this was made by humans right. that were in a tight spot and they did the best they could with what they had, but you know, right? Like I'm sure there is intentionality to Shinji uh, holding Kawaru for like 60 seconds straight, um, but also. Surely it's as it's how it is because they were also fighting for time, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the thing. These 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 creative choices can serve multiple intentions, you know. And right. That is, as you said, Iro. That is the interesting thing about media. That is the interesting thing about fiction. Mm-hmm. Is that because these are things? These are not bespoke creations, you know, made in a void. They are made and built by people, and as a result it is often even more interesting when you see the traces of those people in the work. And I personally just love stuff from all kinds of media where it's like, we did this a certain way because it allowed us to cut this corner, this corner, and this corner while still like maintaining like a certain amount of creative vision. Like that stuff is really fascinating to me. Yeah. It's like, it's like you have, you have to admire what they did with it like we keep saying like like it's it's impressive in that regard but it makes you wonder what what could have been i guess and that's that is why i often bring up like this is why like 
this is why I often discuss like or why I am curious about the rebuild movies, you know, despite their controversial kind of reputation is how much of like and I guess turns out not much because now those things have become something completely different. But like how much of like end of Evangelion and maybe even the rebuild movies is like Ano's attempt at a do-over, if that makes sense, right? Like how much of this is Ano being like no no no, I didn't tell it right the first time around. I need to I need to fix it. And and because because here's the thing, as an artist, I can tell you this is a very natural inclination for creative people. Yes. This desire of oh, nothing is ever quite done. Like I can fix it a little bit more if you give me another hour, another day, another week, another month, another year, I can make it better. And like one of the hardest things for an artist to learn is eventually how to let go, how to say, you know what, this is done. It's not done to me, but it is done. And I don't know, like it makes me wonder because look, let's be real, dog. It's 2019, and Otto's still doing Evangelion shit. Like, yeah. Like, imagine all the other great things Otto could have created. Because let's be real, that dude is a very talented director. How many other like interesting works would he have created if he had not spent the last like two decades of his life pursuing like this bizarre like white whale of what he whatever he considers to be his like perfect interpretation of that story yeah i um so i will say this um i think when we watch end of evangelion that is a clear response to this i don't think there's any question on that um and after like i guess like in my in my after watching end of evangelion I have had zero desire to watch the new movies because I don't, I don't feel like it's necessary. So, right. so like, but so that's the, you don't feel it's right. necessary, but, but why does, why does Anno, Anno feel, feel it's necessary? necessary? Right. So that's the, that's the interesting like, question. What is, in, what is incomplete? What is incomplete? Yeah. To him, I Cause guess. I, I could, like, I guess my point was I could see wanting to revisit after this, but after end of Megalian, I do not feel like it was necessary. So, right. So like, so to, to in your opinion, then you believe, and you know, we'll speak about this when I've actually watched it, but in your opinion, you believe that end of Evangelion was Anno's like, Anno was able to address, like, I feel he was able to quote unquote finish Evangelion. I feel like it was a satisfactory conclusion to the story. I think like the supposed do over of fixing the ending is like definitely what end of Evangelion sure. is meant to be. I guess. And then because there are the, like, there has been the, the force, the, the foreshadowing and plot stuff, like, Sure, At totally. The lead of Torta has been in the show. Yes, and I guess that's why that confounds me about the rebuild movies. I mean, beyond just the cynical answer of money, like, what is the motivation then for the rebuild movies? You know, like, why does Anno... I guess that's the thing, like, that's the thing that confuses me about this work, because there are many things about this work that I feel like the fans accept as kind of sacrosanct, you know? The things that, like, oh, these are, like, like these are the most important things about this show that can never be changed, can never be touched. And why have the fans come to that inter- interpretation, whereas Anno has seemingly come to his own conclusion about like the seeming the seeming incompleteness of the Evangelion story? Yeah, I don't know. And I'm not expecting that you guys have <laughs> no, answers. It's, to it's, that. It's I'm sorry that I left. I'm sorry I left that in the air as a question, but I'm not. I don't think you guys have answers. It's just that is what like that is the thing that 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 that, I, that drives me to ask these questions. I guess about like yeah. It's show. an interest. It's an interesting question, but um, like I said, I feel like at the end of this, I could see why you would want to go back for it. Uh, the, the official, oh, I mean, totally. like, like we've okay. read in the official marketing material, this was very uh, the being generous here, a controversial uh, ending at the time. I mean, if you could imagine, 
Um, yeah. Watching it, if you were I watching mean, it then week to week on TV, how you would oh, have yeah, felt. Oh, yeah, dude, this would... Um, I have yeah. this supposed report from Anime Expo 1996. It says, uh, it says here, at the Expo, many of the fans asked Mr. Ano about episodes 25 and 26. He said, I don't have a problem about the way it ended. If there's a problem, it's with you guys. Yeah. Then he grabbed the mic and said, in English, too yeah, bad. Yeah, so I got the impression, <laughs> between that and other things I've read, I got the impression that at that time, like immediately after the series ended and, you know, Ano was getting death threats and stuff like that, um, I I think he lashed back out and was just like, I'm done with this. And then that's why, you know, it's like a year or two later that we get to Evangelion. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, look, that's just that's that's just Anno taking after the Grand Master yes. of uh, of uh, uh, persnickety mecha auteurs, uh, Yoshiyuki Tomino yes. himself. So, uh, that is just a I guess classic response. I mean, because I could also <laughs> see how. You know, you worked because, like, I don't feel like when you watch these twenty five and twenty six, it's not like you get the impression that they were being like lazy or whatever. Like, they, they probably busted no, their asses but... to get them out, right? And then, like, yes. to have everybody just be like, "Wow, yeah. this is terrible," or you know, send you death threats or whatever. I could see how you might want to just say, you know, yeah, step off. So, right? No, totally. I definitely. I guess I, I definitely one hundred percent agree with that. I guess. You know, it's definitely the thing, of like, but at the same time, like, I cannot like get away from the fact that like, in Anno's heart, though, I mean, not watch, like, <laughs> yeah, like, like Anno's actions have not reflected that sentiment. Right. Like, if Anno was truly like, I'm fucking done with it, I'm never touching this shit ever again. I feel like he might have been that, like, we would, you know, two months after the show aired versus you know a, yeah. a year later. I mean. Again, you, like, you compare that to Tomino, who said, "Fuck it, I'm never doing the UC ever again." And guess what? He never touched the Universal Century of Gundam ever again. You know, <laughs> like asterisk, he, asterisk. Well, with like five asterisks, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. like thematically, they are so different from like his past works that like that has to feel intentional. Whereas with Otto, it's like, dog, you keep going back to the Ava Well, like over and over again. Like, yeah. I mean, I do. You know, so I remember. I don't know if you guys remember when uh, when the first Rebirth movie was happening because I think. I did. I hadn't seen Evan Gillen yeah. at that point. So it's it like it was. I just it was like around. It was, thing. I think yeah, it started as like the tenth anniversary project, so we're doing around two thousand five ish. And I remember Anna was saying something to the effect of, "You know, the kids these days are forgetting what Evangelion was and everything." And that was, I, I. <laughs> I, and to me, I don't know. Uh, Otto of all people going, oh, the kids don't get even yeah, anymore. Yeah, so, <laughs> I, you know, and that may have just been PR talk or whatever. So who knows what the real motivation was. But I remember that happening. And I remember him saying he didn't really want to be involved in it. And that's why he's had Suramaki really being the, the lead on them, right? Or at least at the time. I don't know how things have changed in the past. And what a surprise. Rebuild 1 was a technically competent recreation of the early parts of the movies. And Rebuild 2 and 3 go off the fucking Yeah, so I don't know what happened after that. But I think that's where we started. And then now it's we're 15 years later almost, right? And and, and they're just barely scraping through the finish line here. (laughs) Motherfucker, they will... Look, you know what? You want want to know the fucking truth? They'll have worked on fucking 4.0 for longer than Madhouse worked on Redline. Better better look good. uh, (laughs) And and you know what? That movie better look fucking amazing because Redline, like, was worth the seven-year wait. Yeah. 
I I hope I pray to God for for the Ava fans out there that 4.0 even like remotely manages to live up to your I expectations. Know, I, saw the, I saw a preview footage they stab an angel with Eiffel Tower. Yeah, I I saw the, I saw that trailer. Unit two looks like fucking shit in that trailer. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, God, I can't even remember what actual designation is because it's so dumb. Right, I know that's uh, not even Unit two. I know there's somebody out there that would be actually the version you see in that trailer is actually uh, Unit two fucking the Gamma Rebirth like version. Asuka or some shit. Like get or the fuck out of here! Yeah, shit. just fucking what? Oh, fucking I, I do like Pirate Asuka. It's like it's like. <laughs> It's like it's like Anno it's like Anno created Evangelion, which is like you know. Look, I don't. We're getting long in this podcast, so I don't want to get into my whole like, you know, fuck the people who say Evangelion is the only worthwhile mecha anime. That Evangelion comes in a long line of like mecha anime and draws from them. I've said that multiple times. So I, I, but 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 despite that, I will still admit that I think the original Evangelion does some like really cool, unique things. And then I look at those fucking rebuild movies, and I'm like, motherfucker, you're making the same mistakes everybody else in this genre does. Like, you're introducing like 50 variants of the unit, like the Ava units, to sell figures and shit. Let it, and it's let like, it go, let it go. Like, yeah, let it go, my um, god. <sighs> but uh, should we? We are going long, but should we get to the one last thing we did want to talk about? Um, just about like the yeah. So of, yeah, and I, I do want to just get some I, a few other parting words on just wrapping up the TV show. But yes, as far as the other kind of thing we've talked about is, you know, the the first half and the second half of Evangelion is very different, and you do get some people who are very much into the second half and feel like, oh, well, the stuff with the you know, the, the, the monster of the week and the fun hijinks in the beginning are not, you, you could just do away with those and you'd be fine. Right. Like there, I have totally read the takes from like, and I, I don't even mean straw man takes. I mean, takes from like people who are like otherwise like fairly intelligent people say even Gellin, even Gellin would be better if it was 13 episodes, you know, like I've totally seen that take before. The reason it's good is because it has both of those things. It has all of those things. Yes, I think... I mean, here's the thing. We we say we're going to have a discussion, but I think all three of us are kind of in agreement here that, like, I think in many ways, like, you know, despite... Despite what I said literally earlier in this podcast, I don't think I could ever call Evangelion a truly, like, great or perfect work. I do think that, like, it does some very good things, and one of those things is the way it, like, so fully encapsulates, like both aspects like both sides of its kind of personality and its identity you know like we we have said multiple times now that like the reason why many of the characters like eventual developments at the end of evangelion is because of the contrast between their earlier selves you know like there are people out there who say man fuck that dancing episode who needs that and i'm like motherfucker you that dancing episode is like maybe the most important like episode <laughs> to to find asuka's character like that is maybe the single most important episode to like explain who she is as a person and and to contrast what she becomes in, later in the show and the idea of oh we would we don't need this shit like 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 fuck you like get out of here with that bad take maybe maybe check out the first half episode 25 would have a purpose <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. If we, yes, if if dance like you want to win didn't exist, maybe twenty five would be a little bit less redundant. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I want I to to that point. I wanted to mention. So, a couple of things kind of came back to me as I was watching this, and memories of my first time going through it. Um, 
one of them was I remember pitching to my friends to get them to watch it because I absolutely loved it um, when I first watched it. And even watching the TV show again, I think it all held up very well to my memory, except for the last two episodes, um, <laughs> which I think I was I, I the first time I watched it and in subsequent watches, I always kind of watched them all in like within like two or three days or whatever, like in, in a quick time period. And I think I was still yeah, high yeah. on the Kool-Aid, uh, whatever you want to say. And I was like, oh, man, I totally get it. And then I realized <laughs> and then I like realized I, you know, and it kind of the same thing with Iroh, like the only thing I actually remember are the, the, the little like school bits and stuff in like the last episode. I don't even remember like, yeah, like, I mean, but I remember at the time thinking, oh, how cool that they went this direction or whatever. Um, and not knowing any of the context. Like I, I liked the concept of uh, like, I liked the, the idea of doing something less literal and like splashing in, like in 25, when we get splashed in some of like the hints of what really happened and kind of like making your brain piece it together. I don't think it's done particularly well in this case, but I like, like we, we only knew that because we've seen end of Evangelion, right? right. Like, so when, when, when I watched it before I watched end of Evangelion, I'm like, I'm like trying to figure out, Oh, what, what happened and stuff like that. So I don't, I don't think it was done particularly well, but I like, like, I like that idea and the idea of, of, of changing, uh, I guess the, the presentation and just to, just to, just to throw in my take on the, was it intentional or not? I think if Otto had his way, it probably would have been some combination of what we get in end of Evangelion and, and what we got here. I still think he would have gone for some of the more like artsy shots. Oh yeah, I mean, totally. But I'm not trying to spoilers, yes. but some of that stuff is still in end of Evangelion. Yes. Like, 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 so... me, when I say, when I, when I talk about Anno's intentionality, I am not trying to imply, Oh, if Anno had the money, Evangelion would have ended like Gurren Laga. Right. I'm definitely not like implying that. But I, I, we, I think it would have still been, would we have gotten all those marker drawings and black and white photographs and camera filters and recycled animation? No. Right. No, I think <laughs> we've got a lot less of that. Yes. yes. You know, and, um, but yeah, so sorry, I'm getting off on a tangent here. But the <laughs> my, my point was when um, when I remember after I had watched it originally, um, and I was trying to convince my friends to watch it, I was explaining to them how I one of my favorite things was that the first half builds up this like I think I call it a false sense of security. <laughs> Of, of certainly a way to of, put it yeah. of you of both for the characters and you thinking you understand what the show is and because because i knew virtually nothing this was pre-internet days so like i i knew that a lot of people were talking about, well it was like the very 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 early internet days so it's not like i could just like find synopsis of the show or something like that right, right. so i i heard i kept hearing that the show was great and that some people are saying it's the greatest anime of all time, but other than that, I didn't know anything <laughs> about it. So I was, I was coming in pretty cold and I thought it was very cool how the first half kind of makes you think it's one thing. It, it's, you know, maybe that's not the right way to, uh, what I want to put it, but the, the, it builds it up in a certain way that your, your, your expectations are in a certain place and then it kind of goes in a different direction. But, um, to your point, G, the, the the reason why that's so good is because the two blend together. You have to have one for the other one. Yeah, and I think it's not just that, but it's like 
I don't think you could. I don't. I don't know how anyone could ever see the first half of Evangelion as like redundant when it is like technically so well accomplished. Like, like there. You know, like I, I guess you know. For me, it's like when both halves of that show's personality bleh, personality are so well done. Like, uh, you know, I think that that shows like how important both of them were to like the overall image of what that anime is. Right. You know, like, uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's just like, you know, you know, it's like, it's like when you guys remember, like, you know, what I was saying in the, in the first few podcasts of this thing was like, I could feel the care that was put into this show. Like, you know, the, the amount of thoughts that went into it, like this was a deeply like thoughtful show in a, in a variety of ways from its characters to it's like aesthetic design, you know, to its set design and it's like animation. And I think that like, if that if those parts were meant to be like a, a gotcha, like a, a you know like a, a trick, I don't think they would have like I don't think I don't think that would have ever like they would not have put the, that amount right. of care into it. You know, like I've totally seen the people who are like, oh, I mean, this gets into some really like fucking you know up your own ass postmodern irony shit. But I've totally seen people say, oh, like the first half of Evangelion is animated super well to to trick you into thinking Hell it's yeah. going to be a, a mecha anime, and then the back half is shit on purpose and i'm like mm, i think Otto would have made that look better if he, if he could afford to <sighs> yeah that, that's just that's just ignorance <laughs> but um but uh or, or it's more or it's even just like you know if you want to like i guess it's like i've certainly seen the argument that like oh like you know the the i mean yes just in general that argument of like of lulling you into a, a sense of false security but i think it's just like evangelion is the entire package, right? Like, right. There's there's is, rhetoric that like you're just waiting for the true Evangelion to begin. Right. right. Yes. Yes. That's a perfect way of putting it. When it actually was there the whole time. Right. Like yes. There's def- there have definitely been people who are like, oh, episode 17's here. The real. It was, you know, it was a three course meal. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like you know, and, and, and I think it's, again, it's because like those character arcs are so like well done over the course of the entire 26 episodes, like. You know, like as much as I give Shinji shit, and I will agree, I still will stand by my my by my my stance that I don't particularly like Shinji as a character. I think he is a deeply compelling one. You know, I think his arc, like, as you know, like, sure, his character development is not drastic in the way that, like, you know, you know, you know, Simone from like you know Gurren Lagann goes, but like, you know, Shinji's character arc is pronounced. It is there. Like, you do see him change and grow as a person, and like that can only happen when you are there for the whole ride, you know? Same thing with, like, we said Asuka or Misato. Like, their stories become so deeply tragic because of where they start. And, like, because that start is well done, you know? Like, like I, I think there's there, there are some, like, lesser, worse media out there. Like, like, I think bad media and bad stories have often done this trick of, like, introducing a character purely for the narrative purpose of tearing them down. And I think that oftentimes you can already feel that in their character. Right. Like, you can tell from the moment they're introduced, oh, this character just exists to eat shit. Like, like, and, and it makes that fall from grace less compelling because narratively in your brain, your meta brain that is, like, familiar with, like, you know, what fiction is, has already recognized, oh, this is not a character meant to be emotionally invested in because they're gonna, like die or get, lose or you know become evil or, or or whatever like in like two episodes right. but like 
that doesn't happen to Asuka. Like Asuka's fall is like this grinding car crash, you know, <laughs> like from start to finish. Right. It's not like they just flip and a switch I, and and exactly. she's now, you know, completely, you know, comatose in the hospital. Like you're there, there's a there's a process. They they put in the work. It's like it's yeah. like when we talked about like couple episodes ago when i was talking about comparing this to you know pretenders to the throne they don't put in the work they 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 rely on what you know happens in anime like the tropes and they rely on the set dressing dressing and and you know just let and they don't put in the work to properly build stuff up they're just like here's this character they're going to be tragic and you're going to be sad about it because we said so and they don't and, and and it's and it's hard to explain because I mean if it were easy to explain then everybody could just do it right like it takes a good writer right and you know uh, you know good creators to make that happen so but there's a certain when you can when you it doesn't media doesn't work as well when you can see their their marionette strings right. on you you know yeah like, yeah right so that is that is a good way to put it you all right um. Yeah, so I think maybe one more thing I want to <laughs> say about my experience. Actually, you know what? I, I do want to just touch on so with me and Ira rewatching. Ira, what? How are you? How uh-huh. are? How are you feeling on rewatching the TV show compared to like the last time you watched it? I mean, it's kind of based. It's mostly how I remember it. Like I'm catching more details now than before, but like on the emotional level, like, yep, that's what the show, how I remember it being. Did, did, did you like, think episode 25 and 26 were bad when, or did you try to justify it? Like I did back then. <laughs> uh, the thing is I watched, I, you watched it way earlier than I did. You know, like uh, by the time I watched the show. Yeah. I, I think I had watched it, was, it when everyone was still under no. the spell. Right. But. Uh, right. Um, right. I mean, I think that is an undeniable aspect of media, right? Is in many ways when you watched it, you know, like I think that for better or worse, Gel, you, Arrow, you, and me are all going to, for some way or another, have like what are intrinsically mm-hmm. disparate experiences with this show because of just when we came to it, both age wise and zeitgeist wise. Yeah. It's <laughs> right. right. We, we've watched them in, there's like nothing. Like G, you said before, you try to do it, watch without context, but nothing, you can't see anything without context. Nothing is in a vacuum. So it's impossible. It, and it the, the time is. period you watch or where, what age you are, what point in your life you are, is going to affect how you feel about it. Right. But um, yeah, mm. I think I will conclude with this one more thing I was thinking that I remembered watching the, the final couple episodes. Um, if you remember when we started, I talked about in the first couple episodes how I felt like I was much more sympathetic towards Shinji now watching the show. And I, I realized right. as, as we were getting toward the end, that wasn't necessarily true. I actually was pretty cool with Shinji by the end of the TV series and, and Asuka too. And it was end of Evangelion, which being the last thing I watched made me not like Shinji at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that that did my opinion mm-hmm. at the time. And I mean, I've, I've so heard some things about I Shinji's forgot, characterization. I kind of forgot that that's going. what swung me and kind of diverged the the two. Where I also love Asuka, but I my opinion on Shinji 
went downhill after that. So I'm going to put that as our teaser for next episode. Sure. Everybody knows already. But, uh, yeah, I'll just pretend I don't know yes. anything. But, uh, uh, boy, I sure am curious to see what happens to Shinji at yes. the end of Evangelion. So, <laughs> yes, me, me uh, teasing us talking about a 20 plus year old uh, movie. But, uh, but yeah, that will be our next episode. And that's going to be the final one. Well, we're going to talk about that. So I think we were talking about doubling it up uh, because it's probably going to be long. We're going to do end of Evangelion in the first part. Yeah. And then we'll either take a break or we'll probably have to record another day because I'm doing these after work. Um, so we're going to, but we're going to combine it into one big episode on the, on the stream. Uh, so the, the first, so I hope you like listening to a four hour podcast. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to go oh, that long, but it's probably famous last words. Right. But, um, so, so first part, well, I, I, feel, I feel like there's, I naively say there's no way you could go longer than any of our legend of galactic heroes podcasts. Oh, no. But after the way, some of these have gone, I am no longer. Yeah, so we'll do the first part as covering end of Evangelion, similar to how we've been covering the episodes. And then the second part, we will do our overall final, thoughts on the on the series just empty the tank g will get to his final statements on his thesis about evangelion is a mecha anime um (laughs) i'm sure we'll we'll get into that and uh and yeah so everybody stay tuned for that and i think we'll wrap up this episode so uh what's next time joe what's uh, next didn't i just (laughs) tell everybody what's happening next time Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. I, did, yeah, yeah I determined I was not going to do the preview music this this week. Fine. Yeah. All right, all right. If you want me to sing Fly Me to the Moon <laughs> or something, maybe, but uh, I'll insert <laughs> that in later. Um, but yeah, we'll, let's just do our housekeeping and wrap up. Um, read us, read our stuff at theglorioblog.com. Check out all our other podcasts. Um, oh, I just forgot our Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at theglorioblog. Check out all of the podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, also uploaded to YouTube. Um, I'm just going to keep that one short. You can go check. Go actually read about all the other podcasts there. It's fine. Um, I think that's it. So, all right. Well, congratulations, guys. We made it. (laughs) And uh, thank you for. uh, Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you for. uh, for uh, joining me on all this. We've got one more to go and we'll catch everybody next time.